turn to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. I want us to begin reading at verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. So he begins in this little paragraph. All the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Last Sunday, we looked at the fact that God is all-knowing. And this morning, we want to look at, look at this fact that God is all-wise. And there really is a difference, and he brings it out in this passage that we read, Who has known the wisdom and the knowledge of God? He's not necessarily talking about the same things here. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But there is an understanding that, yes, God does know all things, but God is all wise. The depths of the riches of the wisdom of God. Turn with me also to the book of Daniel. And I want us to to look at, at some verses that that bear this out. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20. This is Daniel's revealing Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. So Daniel acknowledged that God is all wise, that he is blessed for wisdom and power belong to him. In in Job chapter 12 and verse 13, they acknowledge there that with God is wisdom and might. So we, we notice, first of all, that God is all-wise. He, and, and we'll get into it a little more, but only God is all-wise, and only God is perfect in wisdom. Turn to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. And notice... In verse 25, closing this letter to the believers in Rome, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel, 
and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith to God, only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So Paul's summarizing And he says, this is God who made known the mysteries to us. And he sums it up by saying, he is the only wise God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24, Paul says, the the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man. In, In saying, God alone is wise. He is alone, perfect in wisdom. Now, throughout your life, you've run into people that that um, after you've spent time with them, you walked away and you thought, that person is a wise person. It may have been some insight that they gave you. You have, you have also... <clears throat> walked away from people that you said they know a lot, but you really didn't identify them as being a wise person. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. But God alone is perfect in wisdom, and God alone is the source of all wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom... Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God is the source of all wisdom. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, In him, in Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. In Christ Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. So, God is all wise. God alone is perfect in wisdom. God is the source of all wisdom. So we ask, okay, what is wisdom? The Along with being all-knowing, God is wise. And, and there is a distinction in most languages on the face of the earth. There is a distinction between knowledge and wisdom. They are, they are rooted in different capacities of our being. The source of knowledge is study. Through study, you gain knowledge. The source of wisdom is God and discernment, through discernment. So, <clears throat> knowledge is the amount of information that one possesses. Wisdom is the use of that information. Okay? Knowledge is the information I have. Wisdom is how do I use that information. Wisdom cannot exist without knowledge. You need to know all the facts pertinent to what you're called to act upon. And and it is important for us to realize that knowledge is important. 
You must have it to have wisdom, but it is not the end. The purpose of knowledge is to equip us to act in wisdom. Someone said you might sum up the meaning of the word wisdom with the words know-how, meaning wisdom is based on knowledge, often in fact, and wisdom and knowledge are often mentioned together, but wisdom is the application of the knowledge. Now, when we think of God, he is all-knowing and he is all-wise. God is good, another attribute of God, and can only produce good. So God's knowledge, when it is applied... That's wisdom, always results in the best possible good. So God takes his knowledge, he puts it into action, and because God is all his attributes together, his knowledge in action always results in the best possible good, and we might add, even though we don't understand it. And we'll touch on that more in just a little bit. Knowledge, for example, memorizes the Ten Commandments. Wisdom seeks to obey them. Knowledge learns about God. Wisdom loves God. See, the devil knows a lot of knowledge about God. The demons in the in Jesus' time, knew about him. Don't come near us. You're, you're the Son of God. They knew, and James said, the devils believe about God, meaning they, they know about God and they tremble about him, but they don't love God. It's not enough for us to know about God. It needs to be applied in our life. Wisdom sees the end from the beginning. Wisdom sees everything in the proper focus. And that's why we say only God is perfect in wisdom. He may give us glimpses of wisdom, but we never see the whole picture completely. Knowledge is a matter of the mind apart from the will. Wisdom is the matter of the mind subservient to the will. So it is um, the spirit controlling the mind and the mind controlling the body that that we've often um, mentioned over and over again. So, knowledge isn't enough. Knowledge is important. Knowledge equips wisdom. So we ask the question, how do we tap into God's wisdom? Well, first of all, you must be born again. Corinthians tells us the natural man, the unsaved man, does not understand the things of God. I mean, it's like 
there are all kinds of radio waves in this room right now. Until I bring a, uh, a radio that is able to receive the waves and transfer them into sound waves, these radio waves are meaningless to me. There are all kinds of, of spiritual messages until I trust Christ as personal Savior and am, am made alive spiritually, the things of God are foolishness to me. So to have the wisdom of God, I must be born again. I must come to the point where I realize I am spiritually dead. I, I can't comprehend the things of God. I need God to give me spiritual life. As John was told by Jesus in John chapter 3, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You must be born again. He says, how can I? I can't go back into my mother's womb. He said, no, you were born physically, but now you must be born spiritually. You will not get the wisdom of God until you are born spiritually. And so Jesus said to John, Whosoever believeth on the name of the Son of God will have everlasting life. John 3.16. So, you must be born again. Then secondly, to, to tap into the wisdom of God, James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. Secondly, you need to ask God for wisdom. And in understanding, that's an, that's an act of humility, that's an act of dependence upon God, but I am spiritually now born again, I'm a child of God, but God, I need wisdom. Even though I'm born again, I can't in and of my own mind and reasoning get what I need out of the Word of God. I can't comprehend, God, I need wisdom, I need you to teach me. You are the source of all wisdom. I'm coming to you for wisdom. Then thirdly, you need to be disciplined to saturate in the Word of God. So, God gave us His revealed will right here in the Bible. But, I don't get the truth by just having it sitting on my end table. So, we go back. I must be born again. I need to ask God for wisdom. But then I need to have the personal discipline and desire. The Spirit will lead me to take the Word of God and to daily and have a hunger and thirst for the Word for God. I want to know Him. That discipline to read the Word so that we know God's mind we know His nature, we know His will, that we want to know God. Now, that takes days and weeks and months and years and a lifetime. As long as you live, you'll never get to where you don't need that discipline. But that's why it's such a battle to get in the Word of God. Satan wants to keep you from getting saved. If he can't do that, he wants you to walk in your own wisdom. But if you cry out to God and say, God, I want wisdom, 
the next thing he'll do is try to keep you from the Word of God. And you say, why is it such a battle for me to get in the Word consistently? Because Satan knows you will get the mind of God. He'll, you'll get wisdom. He knows if you're not in the Word, you'll mess up in your finances, your marriage, your life. You'll make all these stupid decisions that he'll have you wrapped up, tied up, tangled up so bad that you might be saved, but no one will, will really even be influenced by your life. And God says the only way you're going to get, you can't get wisdom by neglecting the Word of God. So you must, this is a personal discipline. You can call it obeying the Spirit of God, but it is, it's, it's the hard work. Proverbs 12 says, the root of the righteous produces fruit. Do you understand the roots of a tree? No one has ever said, man, look at that tree. What a root system it has on it. No. But it's the root system that produces the fruit. And the root system of the believer is the discipline in our lives. You're tired. Time change. You're still adjusting to the time change. And and you're battling that. And you think, man, I, I slept in later than I wanted. And I I don't have time to read the Bible today. And... And so we say, no, 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 I understand, I need the Word of God. I'm going to find a way to get it in my life today. I cannot live by bread alone or bagels or coffee or anything else alone. I need the Word of God. And, and you discipline, no, the body's saying, no, we don't, we don't want to do that. The mind may be saying, but your spirit is saying, no. I need the Word of God because I need the wisdom of God. So we discipline to saturate in the Word, and I've already mentioned number four. We're in the Word to learn God's mind and to know His ways. I need to know. I'm, I'm married. I need to know what God says about marriage. I need to know what how to be a godly husband or wife. I, I'm a laborer. I need to know what God says about work. All these things, I need to know the nature of God. See, then, then you have knowledge. Well, then you start applying that knowledge into your personal life. It's not that we separate. We now... We now have learned about God's ways and God's nature, and, and then we start applying it into our own life. It's not like reading the Bible is a good luck charm, and okay, I read my Bible, got it done for the day, okay, here I go. You read the Word of God, and you apply it to your personal life. I think I've probably shared before, but between my college graduation and first pastor, I worked as a brick tender um, for bricklayers, okay? I mixed mud and carried bricks. And, and I can still remember, one day I was hoping we'd get off a little early, and I forget what my plans were, but I wanted to get, not, not terrible early, you know, we were off, supposed to get off at 5.30 or whatever, I don't even remember what time, It'd been nice to get off at five. And, and these 
two brothers, bricklayers. They're 60 years old, old guys. <laughs> wow. And, and in the afternoon, the critical part of the afternoon, you'd see them talking, and they're deciding whether to tell me to mix up another load of mud or not. And I'm thinking, no, no, it's too late. We've gone too far. And they they said, yep, go ahead and mix it. And I knew we wouldn't be done by 5.30 then, you know. We, we'd even be working later. And it wasn't a big thing. I don't even remember. But I can remember, you know, I'm shoveling the sand in there, you know, and these old codgers, you know, and don't they know other people have a life and... The next morning, I go to read my Bible, and I read in Ephesians, and you servants, serve your masters as unto the Lord. And it's like, ah, the application to my own life and the conviction, your attitude was completely wrong yesterday. And that's just a little example I, I tell you, if you, if nothing else, just turn to Proverbs 15, okay? Today's the 15th, right? So we encourage you, read a proverb a day. So today you would read Proverbs 15. It's not a good luck charm. It's, okay, you're going to read it. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So you go home today and... Um, you call the kids at dinner's ready, and one of them fiddling around, not coming. And when they come, they slide into the table and knock their water over or milk. And what do you think? You're... No, no, you read Proverbs. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So you think, oh, wait, I need to apply this. I want to wring this kid's neck right now. He's always doing this stuff. He'll never learn. But the Spirit of God, because you've been saturating in the Word, you've been reading Proverbs, a proverb a day for ten years. And you know what? We need it. I need it. Still reading it because it reminds if nothing else, if you just read a proverb a day and started applying those truths, we'd have wisdom. But it's this is where there's a breakdown. People don't get saved. They don't cry out to God. They, they don't get in the Word of God. Or if they get in the Word, they're not plugging it into their daily lives. And this is where wisdom is. Wisdom isn't winning Bible trivia. Wisdom is working these truths out into our daily lives, and it will make a difference in our life, and it will make a difference in the people around us. And this is, this is what God wants. God says, I am wise, and I want my people to be wise, and this is how you do it. And, and overall, the umbrella over all of this is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, it's a wise thing to get saved, isn't it? Because, wow, 
in a godly way, I fear God. He has power to send me to heaven or hell. And the fear of the Lord is overriding a, a reverence and respect and fear of God is overriding believing Christ, asking for wisdom, saturating in the word, applying it in our daily lives. So let me just quickly make an ap- some application. Our God is an all-wise God, so rejoice. He never makes a mistake. He is applying all his knowledge. He's applying in perfect manner, and he never makes a mistake. You, you can rejoice in God's plans. You may not understand them, but you can rejoice because he is all wise. Everything he does is right. Secondly, give yourself to get God's wisdom, this whole process. And Proverbs, it says, in all you're getting, get wisdom. You know, sell what you have to to get wisdom. He's using that to emphasize wisdom. So get wisdom Ask for wisdom, saturate in the Word, make the application in your own life, and then trust God and His wisdom enough to obey it. See, this morning in the Sunday school class in here, we were taught about honoring God with your money. Now, wisdom is trusting God. God, I don't see how that works. I don't see how you can live better on 90% than 100%. I don't see how that works. But you are the all-wise God. You never make a mistake. So I am trusting you, and I'm going to obey it. God, I don't understand how uh, seeking forgiveness or whatever it is that you know you need to do, I don't understand how that's going to work. But I'm willing to obey you. And that's wisdom. And and trust our all-wise God, whatever he asks you to do, to obey it. And then number four, by faith, look forward to seeing the complete picture of God's wisdom. By faith, look forward to seeing the complete picture of God's wisdom. You know what? Someday... God's going to say, you were living down there in 2020, weren't you? It was 2020, but you didn't see very clearly what I was doing with this coronavirus. Let me just show you what you're doing, what I was doing here. You know what? God's up to something with this. I don't know what it is, but he's up to something. And someday, everything in your life, you're going to see clearly what God was up to. And none of us will ever be able to say, boy, God, you made a mistake there, didn't you? God is perfect in all his ways. And, and admittedly, right now, we, we can't see it. There's some things that absolutely do not make sense to us. But someday God's going to show us from his perspective And we're going to see the big picture, and we're going to say, what a mighty God we serve. And that's why the song that we sing, O rejoice in the Lord, he makes 
path that I take. We're going to close our service today. I'm going to have um, Jason and Andrew. I told them right before the service. They haven't had a chance to do it. I'm going to have them come and sing this song, at least the first verse. What I want you to do is to, I encourage you just to close your eyes and bow your head so you're not distracted, but to just go before God. And maybe you have a hard, hard thing in your life that you can't understand. Go and thank God that he's all wise and someday you will. Maybe you're struggling with obeying what God wants. Go and remind yourself, God, you're all wise. I don't see it, but I'm willing to do it. And and as they sing, rejoice. God makes no mistakes. Do we understand everything now in life? No. Maybe you're here today and you have never trusted Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. That's a step you need to take. Maybe you say, you know what, I haven't really asked God for wisdom. That's what you need to do. Maybe you need to say, I need to get disciplined in my life to be saturating in the Word of God. Maybe that's a step. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm getting in the Word, but it's just not transferring into my life. I'm not turning knowledge into wisdom by the power of God. God, I need your help to do that. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to ask them if they'll come and sing the first stanza for us. God never moves without purpose or plan when trying his servant and molding a man. Give thanks to the Lord, though your testing seems long. In darkness he giveth a song. Oh, rejoice in the Lord, he makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. The second stanza, just listen to this. I could not see through the shadows ahead, so I looked at the cross of my Savior instead. I bowed to the will of the Master that day, Then peace came, and tears fled away. Let's sing together the third stanza, um, 475, and rejoice. Job said, though he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. God is in control. He's all wise, and it's going to end in gold as we submit to him 475, the third stanza, let's sing together. Now I can see testing comes from above. 
God strengthens his children and purges in love. My Father knows best, and I trust in his care. Through purging, more fruit I will bear. Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistake. He knows at the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. Amen. We serve an all-wise God, and someday we'll see the whole picture. Maranatha.